What a mighty God we serve. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you yet for yet another opportunity to visit with you. Oh, we ask that even now you come and speak to our hearts, words of life. You will illuminate our understanding. You connect us with your truth. You say we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. And so now come and speak to us words of life. Enable us to embrace your truth and give us the will to put into practice in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming. Today we continue our James uh, series, Practical Grace-Filled Living. Uh, these are wisdom keys that uh, God opened the eyes of uh, the Apostle James uh, to put forth so that God's people can uh, receive and uh, put forth everyday practical, victorious Christian living. And today we're going to be looking at how to choose our destiny, how to choose our destiny, uh, the common mistakes that we should avoid. Uh, and with each of these mistakes also, uh, James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, teaches us uh, solutions for them. And I want to bring uh, a message uh, to be able to lift your heart up. And so what to avoid as far as common mistakes and then uh, uh, some of the, uh, the truths to be able to adapt uh, to lead us into the destiny living. But before we do that, uh, let's look at this foundational truth from Deuteronomy 30 to set the stage for our teaching today. Uh, read that with me up on the screen right there on your sermon outline. For those of you who love going online, go at uh, favorlife.org. And the key uh, points and then the, the scriptures that we're going to be looking at today is right there. Uh, amen. Let's uh, read the uh, uh, the verse together uh, up on the screen, uh, Deuteronomy 30, uh, from verse 15 to 19. It says, I set before you today life and prosperity or death and uh, destruction. Uh, and God is saying, hey, you get to choose life and prosperity or you can choose death and uh, destruction. Uh, he says, if you love the Lord your God and you walk in his ways and you keep his commands, then you will live and increase and the lord your god will bless you that means that uh when you follow after god's way you're going to progress you're going to be successful you're going to prosper and you're going to increase uh, but here's the choice uh, it continues that if your hearts turn away from me you will not live long uh god says that i've said before you life or death blessings or curses now choose life. It's your choice. And I, I want you to choose life, God says, so that you and your children may live. Amen. And, 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 and what God is saying uh, here, brothers and sisters, is that destiny is your choice. That your destiny is your choice. Uh, and your choices create destiny. Let's say that together. My destiny is my choice. And my choices create my destiny. So it, it, it's not simply faith or luck or karma. God says not only will your choices affect you, they also affect your generation. And the choices you make influences the next generation. They, they are generational blessings that will come uh, after you. Uh, but your destiny is your choice. Now, let me ask a question. What are you expecting in future? What are you expecting in the next five years? Are you expecting to be any different? Are you expecting to be any better? God says this, that your destiny is your choice. And your choices create your destiny. And the Apostle James takes this foundational truth and then puts that into principles for us. And he tells us, hey, here's what you need to do to choose your destiny. There are some common mistakes that you must avoid. Uh, and with each of these mistakes here, there are truths that you've got to adapt here. These are God's wisdom keys that you must adapt in order to get you to live the life of destiny that God uh, has uh, appointed you for. So let's jump right into it and look at this amazing, fascinating, powerful portion of scripture in James 4, uh, beginning from verse 13 to 17. Read with me. It says, look here. 
You who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year, we'll do business there and we will make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog, it's here a little while, then it's gone. What do you want to say is if the Lord wills us too, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. What an amazing portion of scripture. And in here, my brothers and sisters, James gives us three mistakes that people make about their future and how we can avoid them by making godly choices to receive what God calls in Deuteronomy 30, life and generational prosperity. And this is what we're going to be looking at today. So let's jump right into it. What are these three things that you must avoid when you start planning your future so that your life will be in line with God's path for you to receive life and generational blessing. Here are the uh, common mistake number one. It is this. It is this. That uh, making plans without God is not good. And God is saying, hey, don't make plans without me. And James here begins with a typical conversation about a couple of businessmen, people who are making plans about their business. Very fascinating. There's nothing wrong about these things. Uh, let's just uh, clue in on that. Uh, it's, not, it's not what they did that matters, but what they didn't do is what James points out to us. So let's look at James 4 verse 13. It says, to who, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going into a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and we will make a profit. Now you ask the question, what's wrong with that? You see, at first glance, there is nothing wrong with, with that. People make plans like that all the time. At least this guy had a plan and it's a detailed plan. And do you know that with any business plan, in here are the five elements of a good business plan. A good business plan must have a, a, a plan about when and where and must address how and what and why. And this gentleman here, this businessman here addresses that in his plan. He plans when. He says today or tomorrow. Then he plans where we are going to go to a certain town. Then he plans how long we're going to stay there for a year. Then he plans what we're going to do when we get there. He says we're going to do business there. Then he plans why are we making this trip, going to stay there for a year. He says we're going to make a profit. So there's actually nothing wrong with any of this. In fact, it is taught in the book of Proverbs that we should have a strategy for our life. We should have a strategy for our business. And this guy plans his purpose. He plans his place. He plans his progress. And he plans his profits. He plans progress, purpose, place, and profits. And the Bible says making an honest profit is smart. And God says it's a good thing to do. So this guy gets all his bases covered. He gets all his bases covered. So what's wrong with that? And, and, and the first common mistake that people make is this, is making plans without God. You see, in all his planning, as we just read, there is not a single mention of God in his business plan. There's not a single mention of God in, in that planning. He knows what he wants. He knows how to get there. But he forgets to check with God about his plans. And again, don't misunderstand me, folks. The Bible encourages planning. Jesus said in Luke 14, 31, he says, No king goes to battle without planning. Look at this amazing portion of scripture, Luke 14, 31. Jesus says, well, king will go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. In other words, Jesus is saying no king will go to war without planning. Jesus says in verse 28 of, of Luke 14, 
14, he says this. He says, if one of you is planning to build a tower, you sit down first and figure out what it will cost to see if you have enough money to finish the job. In other words, when you take on a project, sit down, plan to see if you have the resources to be able to make it to the finish. Proverbs teaches that it is unwise not to plan. Now look at this. In Proverbs 13, 16, it says, A wise person thinks ahead, a fool doesn't, and even brags about it. So there's nothing wrong with what this guy did. You see, it is what he forgot to do that is what's wrong. He planned without praying. He was setting goals without God. And the problem here is not what he did. The problem is his attitude. It's an attitude of self-sufficiency. He says, I will, I will, I will, I will. And you find this attitude with many Christians. It is that we like to separate our faith life from our work life and financial life. And God says that cannot be. If God is not the Lord of all, he cannot be the Lord at all in your life. It says we should seek him first above all and then all other things shall be added unto us. God wants to be the center of our life. He wants to be the, 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 the God of all. And, and he's not looking to be able to get a little slice of the pie in our life. He wants to hold peace. He wants to be the governor. He wants to be the master. He wants to be the director of our life. And when we do that, our plans will succeed. Uh, so you, you see, we cannot compartmentalize Jesus. He wants us to focus him in every endeavor, every effort, every plan of our life, and then our plans will be successful. So while he tells us that making plans without God uh, is, 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 is a mistake, here is the solution. To have God's blessing, I must what? Involve God in my plans. Say that with me. To have God's blessings, I must involve God in my plans. Yes, we need to set goals, my good friends. The Bible says for us to set goals. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to include God in our goal setting. And we see the Apostle James talking about that in verse 15. And so here's what the Apostle James tells us. James 4.15, read that with me. He said, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I've noticed the difference. The first verse, verse 13, says, I will, I will, I will, I will. Today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town. We will stay there a year. We'll do business. And we'll make a profit. Now, the next one says, instead, this is what you ought to say. If the Lord's will. And what he's saying is that we've got to be flexible. He's saying that we need to incorporate God into our plans. We've got to make room for God in our plans. How many of you know that, oh, many times our plans doesn't come to fruition? There are so many things that we plan to do and we've set up to do that, but the end is far different from how it started. Why? Because God's ways are different than our ways. His plans are different than our plans. God is not seeking to cooperate with our plans. He asks us to Come in line, come in sync with his plans. And the basic attitude, my good friends, for a Christ follower is that we've got to have spiritual planning. What's called scenario planning is the kind of planning that is flexible, that we plan and we pray and we watch. So we plan and pray and watch that he has what I want to do. God help me accomplish this. That we go ahead and keep doing it. And then we pray about it and ask God to give us, open the doors and, and as things switch and turn around. We are flexible to be able to flow with the wind of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he wants us to do. So we plan, we pray, and we watch. And if this happens, guess what? We're going to be in line with God's plans. Things are going to end up prosperous and successful for us. Amen. Now, there is a big if. Have you noticed there's a big if in life? 
a big if in life. Our plans that don't always work out. Why? Because half the time we don't know what we want. Half the times we are clueless about what God wants to do in our life. And half the time our, our plans are not in sync with God's plans for our life. And partly because that, uh, that, that we live in a broken world and things doesn't go through perfectly. And life is filled with if. Have you noticed that right in the middle of the word life, L-I-F-E, in the middle of that is the word F-I-F. It's F is not in the beginning, it's not in the end, it's right in the middle. Life. And that is what life is all about. F, 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 F. There's an uncertainty with life. And Apostle James says, F is the Lord's will. And this is what we should factor into our plans that God be part of my plans. God direct my steps. God move in my direction. God, if this is not of you, uh, Close that door and redirect me to your plan that will lead to blessing in my life. If it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. So you see, planning without prayer is presumption. God says, I want to be included in your planning. Then at the beginning of planning, we say, what do you want us to do, Lord? And at the end of the planning, you say, if it's the Lord's will, let this come to pass. Or what is it you want us to do? And we are always open to the direction of God. That we are open to God making all the changes he wants to make in our life. So that things will come in sync with his good, perfect, pleasing purposes for our life. Now, do you know this? Uh, that centuries ago, people used to write at the end of letters. Uh, two characters, D, V, D, V. And they will write D, V, and then they will sign their name. And the word D, V is a Latin word, it's short for Latin word that is duo volente, duo volente. It means God willing. It means if the Lord's will. And so they write a letter to a friend or uh, here's what is going to happen. I'm going to come see you. I'm coming with my, my wife, my spouse. The children are coming along. And hopefully when we get there, you know, we'll talk about business. And if you have some time, we're going to visit the town. And we'll do this or this or this or that. And I really look forward to coming to see you so we can, we can make this happen. Dio volente, God willing, Mike Pra. God willing. That's what we've got to do. God willing. If the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. Jim teaches us we've got to involve God in our plans. Our Muslim friends say, Inshallah. Inshallah. It means if the Lord wills, if it's God's will, we'll do this or that. And so, my good friends, instead of making plans without God, the way of wisdom says, if I want to be blessed by God, I have to involve God in my plans. Look at what Proverbs 16, amazing portion of scripture, uh, verse 1 to 4. Uh, read that with me. It says what? We may make our plans, but God has the last word. Oh, somebody say amen to that. Isn't that an encouraging word? That God has the last word. You don't have the last word. Half the time, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what the future holds, but it says be encouraged that God has the last word. That your enemy does not have the last word. God has the last word in life. Amen. We may make our own plans, but God has the last word. We may think everything we, you do is right, but the Lord judges our motives. Ask the Lord to bless your plans and you will be successful in carrying them out. Everything that the Lord has made has its destiny. And here it says, understand this. We make our plans, but God has the last word. And the reason God has the last word is that everything God has made has a purpose. Every rock, Every stone, every flower, every cloud, every rain uh, has a purpose. Every day is filled with God's plan. From the beginning, God has created plans embedded in life. And it says God is on a path to implement his destiny. And so cooperate with God. Get in line with God. Involve God in your plans so that your plans will sink, will come in alignment with what God has already destined to come to pass in life. It's not my will be done, but your will be done. Isn't that what Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer? Let your will be done in my life on earth just as it always gets in heaven.
And so uh, the way of wisdom, the way of blessing, the way of generational growth and success, the way of profit for us is rather than making plans without God, God teaches us by his word that we've got to involve him. Amen. In all we do. You see, anyone, anyone, anyone can say, oh, I want to be successful physically. I want to have good health. I want to be successful emotionally. I want to be happy. I want to be content in all my dealings. I, I, I want to be successful financially. I want to be successful relationally. I want to be successful vocationally. But how do you get there? How do you get there? You get there by involving God in your plans. And look at what the wisdom book uh, in Proverbs tells us. It says what? Proverbs 69. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I like uh, the way the, the Living Bible puts it. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. Why? Because God is the master architect in life. God is the possessor and the controller of heaven and earth. And oh, when our lives are in sync with his plans, guess what? Great and awesome things happen to us. Here's what the Jewish people said. Jewish people said, looking back at their life, how God had led them from slavery to freedom, from Egypt to the promised land. They looked out and they testified this, that all through the pages of the Bible, you see this portion of scripture show up. And it is this, oh, I love this portion of scripture in Psalm 77 verse 19. It says, your road led by a pathway through the sea. Notice this, a pathway that no one knew was there. And God seemed to tell us, said, look, you have Isaac, can I see? There are pathways that are placed in your life. There are destiny moments. There are, uh, are milestones that are placed in your life. And you're not going to see that with your naked eyes. But when you involve me in your planet, when you bring me in, in the mix of your life, and you allow me to control and direct your steps, he says, then I will lead you through a pathway that otherwise you will never find. Your road led us through a pathway that no one knew was there. So my brother, my sister, setting plans without God, forging ahead and doing things without first checking in with God is the first trap that most people fall in. But James teaches us, oh, the wisdom way to be able to choose and live a life of destiny, God-ordained destiny, is that I must, what, involve God in my plans, and then I'll be successful in carrying them out. Now, James also uh, uh, teaches us the second uh, most common mistake. It is this. It is this. It is, it is about presuming the future. Presuming about the future. So the first common mistake is making plans without God. To have God's blessing, I must involve God in my plans. The second common mistake is what? Presuming about the future. In other words, thinking that you know what's going to happen in the future. Well, guess what? I don't know what's going to happen in my future. Uh, neither do you. And the fact is nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. You don't. You don't. Now, a lot of people waste a lot of money, uh, paying a lot of money, to try to find out what's a living going into prognosticating, going into predicting the future, going into forecasting. People will pay big bucks to know about their future. People flock to places like finding out their horoscope, uh, finding out uh, their astrology, going to palm readers to tell them what's going to happen. In the, if it, people pay a lot of money to, uh, for tea leaf reading, going through crystal balls, urge balls, and on and on and on and on. They don't work. It's a bunch of baloney. None of those guys know anything about your future. By the way, have you noticed, have you noticed that you've never seen a headline that says, Psychic Wins Lottery? Have you, have you realized that? Because they don't know about the future. Now, the last jackpot was uh, about $17 billion. And guess what? Ever since the history of lottery, a psychic has never won the lottery. How about, how about this? That Malam so-and-so wins lottery. It has never happened. You've never seen a headline like that. Why? Because they don't know. It doesn't work. The Bible says nobody knows the future. Only God knows the future. 
And God is saying, so we should not presume about the future. We shouldn't be presumptuous that I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know what's going to happen next month. And so this is what I'm going to have. I'm going to live my life in line with what I know about the future. Look at what James teaches us in James 4, uh, verse 14 and 16. He says, he says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow. And the question is, you don't know. You don't know. And he says, your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. You are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. And James is saying, predicting is sin. It is plain God. And there are two reasons why presuming about the future is a mistake. The first he tells us is that life is unpredictable. Look at it. It says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? It's unpredictable. You don't know about it. And it's saying life cannot be, you cannot predict tomorrow. Even the best educated ideas and predictions often go wrong. How many times have you made plans? You say, well, I've buttoned those plans up. Here's a checklist. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and it, it goes away. I mean, we have New Year resolutions. This is what I'm going to do this year. Financially, emotionally, relationally, physically, on the job. Here's all the things that I'm going to accomplish this year. How long does it last? How long does it last? Even the best made plans go away. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow because life is unpredictable. And James says because life is unpredictable, we should not presume on it. Instead, we've got to trust God every day. And that's what tells us how we've got to live our life. Every day is trusting on God, leaning on God, looking to God. Every day, every day we live, we live in, on depending on Almighty God. Now, that's the, the key reasons why God does not tell us about the future. Because what he wants us to trust him. He wants us to live by faith. If God told you everything that's going to happen in your life, there will be no need for you to trust him. And that will uh, not get you into a strong relationship with God. Well, secondly, the reason why God doesn't tell us about our future is because it's going to scare you to death. It's because you're going to run away from what God has planned for you. You may not like it because you don't understand it. Because you don't know how it all fits into God's perfect will for your life and for your generation. You know, I mean, I grew up as a young boy, wanted to be a physician. I thought it would be cool to be a medical doctor. And boy, I mean, I am thrilled. I am thrilled. Uh, I'm living my life serving God, living my life uh, sharing the good news of God. And you have come to know me. You have come to know me as one who is a, a spokesperson, is one who is a lover of God, a friend of Jesus, one who takes delight and joy. Nothing brings me greater joy in sharing the good news. This is my destiny. This is my calling. I, I, I've got passion and joy and zeal in sharing the word of God. As a matter of fact, this is one thing that comes so easy and so enjoyable for me. And that's one of the reasons why the God tells us we shouldn't presume about the future because life is un un unpredictable. Unpredictable. Uh, and James says, yes, we've got to what? Uh, bring God in the mix. The second reason why, uh, why we should not presume upon the future is that life is brief. Uh, he says, it says, your life, what? It's like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it is gone. In other words, it's like a mist that vanishes. It means your life is a, a vapor. Uh, it's like when you breathe on a cold glass and it forks up or a mirror and then just very quickly it evaporates and goes away and says, this is how brief your life is. And so don't presume that this is what I'm going to do three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, now fifteen years from now. Here are all the things that will come to pass in my life. He says, don't assume as if you've got all the time in your left in, left in your hands. That's not a way. It's one of the biggest mistakes that people make about the future. It says, I have plenty of time to do this. I'll get around to doing this someday. And, and, and James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us, your life is like a mist. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. You better not take tomorrow for granted. Don't assume that you've got all this time left. 
Oh, look at what uh, uh, wise King Solomon tells us in the wisdom book of Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 1. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Don't presume on tomorrow. So what's the solution? What's the solution? When God comes around and says, hey, uh, don't, don't, don't make a mistake of presuming uh, uh, about the future. But here's the solution. Here's the solution. Is this. It says, well, I must live one day at a time. I must live one day at a time. God, when he created your life, he, put, he created your life in 24-hour segments. And it says, live one day at a time. Live life fully one day at a time. Today, do everything you can within your power, within your allowance, moved by the Holy Spirit, using every resources, every opportunity God has given you, and do the best you can today. You cannot live your future today. You can only live one day at a time. And this is what Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 34. He says, so do not be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. He says, if you don't do that, life will become overwhelming for you. Trying to pack three years, five years, ten years, a year, a month into one day. You can't. You're going to drop the ball. You're not going to be able to fulfill what God wants you to fulfill today. And you'll miss out on destiny living. Instead of that, live the day fully, fully a day at a time. Yes, plan for the future, but live one day at a time. Plan for the future and leave your plans in God's hands and let God direct the future. But today, do what you are moved by God to be able to do and do it with all your might. Amen. And the reason James says that, that it's important because life is unpredictable and life is brief. If you're trying to live the, your future life today, what will happen is that you're going to be worried, you're going to be fearful, you'll be filled with all kinds of insecurities. That's why he tells us. That's what he tells us uh, in Matthew 6, 34. He says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. If you're trying to live your future life today, if everything is packed, what am I going to do three years from now? Look at what's going to happen. And what we'll do is you'll project what happened in the past, what's happening today, into tomorrow. And guess what happens? We have a memory that always remembers the bad things and forgets the good things. And so what it is is your, your heart and your mind will be filled with all the things that have happened, all the missed opportunities, everything that people did to you, everything that you wanted to do that didn't come to pass. And so what will happen is you're going to have a light. You're be, be filled with fear, worry, and all kinds of insecurities. Get that? Don't do that. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow, but today live one day at a time. You don't know what the next five years or ten years uh, holds. You don't know what the future holds, but what you do know is the one who holds the future. Live it in God's hands. Live one day at a time. Live one day at trust in the Lord. God will take care of your tomorrow. God is in the mix. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. And so to live that life of destiny, the life of success, the, oh my Lord, focus on God one day at a time and what does it mean what does it mean to trust in God the more what does it mean to depend on God the more it is what David tells us King David tells us I love this portion of scripture oh make it your motto make it the key of your life memorize this portion of scripture in Psalm 31 Psalm 31 verse 14 and 15 here's the prophet David speaking he says I am trusting you O Lord you are my God my future is in your hands Today I'm trusting you. Today I'm holding on to you. Today I'm under, I'm under, I'm submitted to you, oh Lord. You are my God. But when it comes to my future, it's not in my hands, not in my enemy's hands, not in anyone's hands. My future is in your hands. Oh, your peace will go way up. And your fear and your worry, your anxiety, your insecurities will come very, very low when you adopt uh, this teaching. Leaving everything in God's hands. My future is in God's hands. And God will make a way. God will connect the dots. God will put all the pieces together and will accomplish great and awesome things that he has in store for my life. And so how can I choose a godly life that will lead me to success and generational blessing? Not only for me, for my children and children's children. Uh, James tells us, here's what to avoid. Here's what to adapt. Avoid planning without God. Instead, include God in all your plans. And you'll be successful in carrying them out. Next, avoid presuming about tomorrow, but instead make plans about the future, yet live what? One day at a time. 
trusting in the Lord. Amen. Oh, here's a third. Here's a third common mistake that James wants us to avoid. It is this. It is, it is what putting off doing what's right. Oh, we, oh, this is a big one. Amen. And we like doing this. It's a common mistake we all uh, have done. As you raise both hands, uh, it's about procrastination. It's about delaying. It's about postponing. Uh, it's having every intention of doing things better, changing, and yet we put it off. And here's what James tells us. James tells us in verse 17 uh, of our scripture, James 4, 17. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. This is what you know how to do. God's word has uh, moved in your heart. Your eyes have been opened. You've come to that knowledge and understanding what you need to do in your family, in your parenting, in your marriage, uh, on the job, for your finances, for your health, and your spiritual walk with the Lord. God has made abundantly clear what to do. And then what do we do? We procrastinate. We delay. We postpone. How many of you will agree with this, that we know too much and yet we do so little? If we implemented everything God's told us to do, if we implemented every experience that God has brought us through, those bad experiences that God has shown us that if we do, it will lead us astray. And those good practices God, God has demonstrated in our life, in the life of others, that has come to our purview, that if we follow this in his word, he's spoken to us that this is the way of the Lord that will bring blessing if we put those things into practices. Oh, we know that it will come to pass in the life. Instead, what do we do? We major in procrastination, in delaying, in postponing. And God is saying, hey, let's avoid this mistake of pulling off doing what's right. Pulling off doing what's right. Here's why. Because God's plans will come to pass. The will of God will come to pass. And if we're not willing to get in line with God and become his agent, become his vessel, become his spokesperson that... Uh, I, I allow ourselves for God to use our voice, our eyes, our hands, our feet to be able to accomplish his good purposes. Guess what? God will pick somebody. God will use somebody to accomplish his good purposes. And, and where does that leave us? And so delays, procrastinations, we miss out. Uh, it blocks our blessings. It invalidates us from being used by God uh, to accomplish what he has in store for us. And so uh, James comes and says, avoid, avoid uh, this mistake. And he tells us, he tells us uh, in verse 17, James 4, 17. Uh, let's look at that again. He says, what if anyone then knows the good thing they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Now, if I were to ask you to give me a definition of sin, perhaps you would uh, say something like, oh, it's uh, sin is adultery, sin is lying, sin is cheating, sin is murder. Actually, the Bible talks more about the sins that we do not do than the sins that we do. In, in, in fact, Jesus was more concerned about the sense of omission than the sense of commission. The stuff that we know we ought to do and yet we do not do, God says, hey, I want you to be attentive to this. Don't put it off. Go right ahead and do it. Look at what Jesus says. You know what Jesus says in judgment. Look at this portion of scripture uh, in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, uh, verse 42 to 43. He says, what? For I was hungry and you wouldn't feed me. Thirsty and you wouldn't give me anything to drink. A stranger and you refused me hospitality. Naked and you wouldn't clothe me. Sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Right? Look at, look at those words. Uh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you refused, you wouldn't, and you didn't. The sin of omission. What we ought to do, and yet we put it off. And, 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 and the Bible tells us that we can be very proud of all the things we do not do and still be sinning. We could say, well, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. But God says, but what about these things that you know you ought to do that you do not do? And James reminds us. That, hey, 
If we know the good we ought to do, we should go right ahead and do it. Because it's a sin before Almighty God. And God looks at it and says, hey, these are things that we ought to be doing that will lead to our prosperity. Instead, we are putting it off. We should, uh, uh, our hearts and our minds should be aligned. We should uh, realize that, hey, here are some things that now is the time to put into practice. And we should go right ahead and do them for our blessing. Procrastination is a subtle trap. Of someday I will. We say like one of these days. One of these days. I will do this. Well one of these days is none of those days. When I get around. I will do this. Well it never happens. Those days don't come around. You say one of these days I'll go to the dentist. You say one of these days I will spend more time with my family. One of these days I'm going to give up this bad habit. And for those of you who are online, I want to encourage you, if you be thinking, one of these days I'll become a member of Favor Life Church. One of these days I'll worship in person here at Favor Life. I encourage you to do it now because you have no guarantee of tomorrow. And so what's the solution? To avoid and putting off what I need to do now, avoid putting off the right things I need to do. Here's the solution. The solution is this. that Whatever it is, do it now while you have the opportunity. Whatever it is, do it now while you have the opportunity. And God comes and says, hey, don't put it off any longer. This is your opportunity to do the things that God wants you to do and go ahead and put it in practice so that you will be blessed by God. That whatever you intend to do in your life, let it be so. God has moved on your heart. He has opened those doors. He has created the environments. Everything is lined up. Go ahead and step right forward. The scripture says the king's work requires haste. Without delay, without procrastinating, without postponing. Arise and do the things today that God has, has spoken to your heart. Has made it clear in his word. Has encouraged you to do. No more delays. Do it now. And this is the solution. Do it now while you have the opportunity, whatever it is. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 27 to 28. He says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to act. He says, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. When you already have it with you. Step on it. Get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. Oh, my good friends, there are three things that you can do with your life. You can waste your life. Or you can spend your life. Or you can invest your life. Now, it's very easy to waste your life. It's a life that is focused on vanity, a life that's focused on pleasure, a life that's focused on entertainment. That's how you waste your life. Or you can spend your life. How do you spend your life? By making your number one priority your career, building your career, building your wealth, building your fame, seeking the popularity and recognition all the time from others. Guess what? Guess what? You're going to leave it all behind. You're going to leave it all behind. But here's what you can do that God wants you to focus on. Investing your life. Investing, you're doing the kind of things that will outlast your life. The things that will bring glory to God. You'll be dead and gone and still your life will be lived on through the actions, the, the good behavior, the choices that you made motivated by God's word and his spirit. It will live on and on and on and on and on. And God tells us here that I put you here on earth for a purpose. Or your life may be 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80, or, or 90 years. Not many will live past that. Uh, but he says, make it count. Let your, invest your life for eternity. Live your life for God's purposes without any excuses. Today is your day to get started. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. When you do that, God is going to use you to accomplish great and awesome things that will outlast your life, that will bleed on to the next generation, that many will be drinking from your well. Your life here on earth will end, but that will not be the end of your life. You'll be up in heaven, and the seeds that you sown here will be bearing much fruit in life. Oh, my brother, my sister. Let me ask you a question. Have you made any plans in your life? Are there some goals or aspirations that you want to see come to pass? Make plans. Pray. 
and watch. Don't make a mistake of planning without God, but instead, if you want God's blessing for your life, I must involve God in my plans. Don't presume about the future. Instead, live one day at a time. And oh, my brother, my sister, oh, don't get to a place in your life where you are putting off the good that God wants you to do instead. Whatever it is that needs to be done, do it now while you have the opportunity and God will greatly, greatly bless you. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads? Wherever you are, would you get into a place of total surrender to God and tell God, my life belongs to you. Make him the center of your life. Make him the manager of your affairs, the director. Uh, make him the engineer of all your situations and tell God, God, I'm counting on you. I'm looking at you, to you. I'm trusting you. Give me a heart to trust you more, to depend on you and to lean on you. Tell God, wherever you are, that. And then ask God, oh, yes, to give you the stamina to live one day at a time, not to put off anything that needs to be done today, that every day you are living with courage, you are living under the wisdom of God to put to, to practice the things that God wants you to do. You're going to be blessed by Almighty God. Then ask God right now to remind you of things that you have omitted. Doors that he's opened that you've not walked through. Opportunities he's created that you've not taken advantage of. Blessings that he's given you and you haven't activated, utilized. Gifts, talents, divine abilities that God has put in you. Experiences that God has embodied your life that you are not using for the glory of Almighty God. Ask God to open you up to a place where now you've decided to live for Jesus and to use. And to use. Oh, yes. Your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your experiences, all for the glory of Almighty God. Oh, Father, right now, as your people are looking to you and calling on you, I pray, oh God, that you undergird your life with your wisdom. Father, oh God, my Lord, even now, while your people, every head is bowed, I pray, oh God, that you open their eyes to your truth, to your plans, to your purposes, Lord God. Come. Oh God, and center their life around your good plans, your good, perfect, pleasing plan. And move them in the direction that you want them to be. Help them to make those choices that will lead to that God-ordained destiny for their life, Lord God. And remind them, remind your people every day to lean on you, to trust you more, to depend on you. To look to you for strength, for stamina, for wisdom, for guidance. That they will walk under your direction, Lord God Almighty. Father, today, oh God, my Lord, give your people the stamina, oh, to live one day at a time, to live a full life daily, not to put off, not to postpone, not to procrastinate, Lord God Almighty. Oh, but, oh, Jesus, teach us what to do, oh God, my Lord. Show us where to go and what to do and give us the power, oh, the sense of urgency to bring it to pass, Lord God Almighty. Oh, yes, Lord. Help us, Lord God Almighty, to live in the now. Help us to live, Lord God, in your will today, living strong. Help us to invest our lives and do what needs to be done today, oh God, as you have appointed us for, so that we'll bring glory to you and good to us. And Father, right now, Lord God, everyone gathered in this place, everyone, at the sound of my voice, reach out to them. Bless them, mighty God. Bring elevation in their life. Bring success in their life, Lord God. Open their eyes to see what you're doing in their lives, Lord God Almighty. Help them to trust in you, to depend on you, to look to you in all their ways, Lord God Almighty. Bless your people, mighty God. Oh, you can do more for them than they can. I pray, oh God, my Lord, that you will revi be revived in them. I pray, oh God, my Lord, that the presence of God will tower over them. Oh, Jesus, as Job said, why do you stalk me like the lion? Stalk your people, Lord God Almighty. Oh, populate their life with your sweet presence. That everything they do, everywhere they go, they sense the warm embrace of your sweet presence. presence guiding, leading, shepherding them, oh God, my Lord. You do for them that only you can. Bless them really good as they've gathered before you. 
oh our god we thank you we love you mighty king in jesus name amen now my mother my sister if you've not given your life to christ oh why wait don't leave this service without making christ your lord and your savior do it now 40 years ago i gave my life to christ and what a difference he's made and countless others who have given their life to christ he will take you places he will change your life for the better let me pray a very simple prayer with you the words don't matter oh but it is the faith that you attach with it that will make you a born again christ follower pray with me jesus i thank you for dying for my sins I thank you for your blood that you shed to forgive me of all my wrongs and to pave the way that I can come to you. And so today, I open my life to you. Jesus, come in my life and be my Lord and Savior. Take over my life. Use me to accomplish what you have destined for my life so that my life will bring glory to you and good to me. Lord, from here on, help me to love you, to trust you, and to follow you for the rest of my life. And on the day that my life here on earth is over, please, Lord, come and take me so that in heaven, where you are, I will be with you forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. My brother, my sister, if you pray this prayer, here's a pamphlet that we'd like you to have. You can grab one uh, right here in this church. If you're online, go ahead and, and download that. Download the e-copy. Fresh start with God. Do you know your purpose? If you want a hard copy, we'd be glad to place one in the mail for you. Right in the portal that you are, send us your name and your address, and we will dispatch one to you. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. May God bless you. Amen.